From Boise, Idaho, this is Extra Credit, your weekly podcast looking at education policy and education politics. I'm Clark Corbin, and Kevin Richard, my normal co-host, is on vacation this week, so we have decided to invite a couple of special guests on the Extra Credit podcast today to talk about a very special project and a partnership between Idaho Education News and the Idaho Statesman. Uh, this week, I feel really lucky. We have Nicole Foy from the Idaho Statesman and Sammy Edge from Idaho Education News on uh, to talk about a very cool project that's going to be rolling out really over the next year. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining us. And if you could just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you cover, what your beat is, what you like about journalism, what your background is. If that sounds cool, I'd love to start with Nicole. Yeah, so my name is Nicole Foy. I'm um, on the Idaho Statesman's investigative team. I cover mostly um, Latino issues across the state, agriculture, and um, state, accountability, state government accountability issues. Um, so I came to Idaho a little bit more than two years ago, started um, at the Idaho Press, also covering Hispanic and Latino affairs as well as Canyon County government, um, switched over to the Idaho Statesman um, at the beginning of this summer, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited about this project that we're working on. <laughs> and no, no stranger, Nicole, to the uh, Idaho Podcast Wars. You've been involved with the, uh, the, the, the Latino Card the Podcast in the past? Idaho Podcast Wars. Yes, I was on. Um, I was a co-host and co-founder of the Latino Card Podcast, but no longer. It's now in the very capable hands of JJ and Rebecca. Yep, so. yep. Friends of our show. Uh, we like that podcast a lot. Nicole, thanks so much uh, for joining us. We're going to get into the project and the ideas behind it and the partnership. Um, but want to take a minute and welcome Sammy Edge uh, to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. But you've been a part of our Idaho Education News family. Uh, most of the year right now, but tell us a little bit about what you cover, why you got into journalism, what your background is, but Sammy, thanks so much for joining us. Sure, excited to be here. Um, I started with Ed News in February. I moved up from Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I was covering crime. Uh, I got into journalism because I love it. I have always known this was the career path for me and, and haven't had any uh, second guesses since then. Um, this is my first foray into education, so I'm just learning a little bit about it. I cover a little bit of everything on the Ed News staff. I'm really interested in questions of school safety. I'm really interested in issues of equity, which kind of leads, leads me to this project that Nicole and I are working on called the Latino Listening Project. Uh, we're taking a look at Latino student achievement in Idaho um, and what what students and families think is working and what could be working better for them. Yeah, and I love I love this project, but I love the partnership aspect of it, the fact that we get the statesman and Idaho Education News together. But, uh, Nicole, what do you think about the the partnership? And if you guys could kind of take turns, how did this come together and what are your goals? But um, I'm really interested in the partnership aspect of this and, and kind of how it came together. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting, especially for um, those of us at the Idaho Statesman, because, um, you know, what's been happening across the state, and I don't think it's necessarily, um, you know, the, Idaho's not the only state experiencing this, but education is is kind of becoming one of those specialized beats that's kind of being rolled back at a lot of um, publications, including at the Idaho Statesman. We don't have, we cover education, but we don't necessarily have a dedicated education reporter, and so it's really exciting um, to be able to partner with a publication like Idaho Education News, where you guys cover the gamut and have really really well versed in the policy aspects and have really deep connections with schools and superintendents across the state that 
maybe a lot of reporters in newsrooms who haven't been covering education for several years don't have quite yet in Idaho. And so that's really exciting. And I don't know, do you want to talk about how this started? Because it's kind of your fault. <laughs> sure. Well, um, after I first got to Ed News, I was telling Clark this a little bit earlier, but he and Kevin have the policy arena covered really well. Um, and being new to education, I was looking for kind of a specialized beat, something new to, to report on. Um, and these, the disparity in education outcomes between Latino students and white students caught my eye. Um, I, I pitched a project on it to a group called the American Press Institute, which uh, was looking for fellows interested in doing listening projects. Um, and, you know, along the way, I started thinking about, you know, is there someone else in Idaho who's already doing some of this work? And Nicole was the first person who came to mind. She's really, for the last two years, been covering Latino issues really in depth. She's definitely covered education stories in this realm, like the lack of uh, teachers of color in Idaho. So lucky for me, when I reached out and asked if she was interested, she said yes. Yeah, absolutely. And part of the project has rolled out already. There have been a couple stories that have been published, but kind of take me through your goals and, and what we've seen so far, and then after that we'll talk about where you're at now and what will come next. But uh, a couple things have been rolled out already, but tell me about getting the project off the ground and some of the initial things you've worked on. Yeah, one of the, the, the key things that we're looking at in this project is we really want to investigate these, um, these, these gaps in achievement between Latino students and between white students in Idaho. We want to know this is, a, this is an Idaho-wide thing, and of course it's not necessarily specific to Idaho. Lots of other states have this problem, but we want to know what is, what is happening in our school districts, what is happening in our communities, and what are the resources that would need to be provided in these school districts? What, could, you know, what programs could be put in place that could provide Latino students the same opportunities to, to succeed as white students in Idaho? Because of course we're the entire premise of this of this story, and we say this often to people when we're talking to them, is not we're not looking at this as if for some reason that Latino students in Idaho are not as capable of getting the same grades as white students in Idaho. That wouldn't make sense. And so we want to know then what's the issue? What's the problem? Why has this been such a persistent gap for decades? And one of the reasons too, when Sammy approached me with this project idea, I was so interested in it because in the two years I've been here, this has been a consistent um, problem cited by almost everyone I've talked to in the state, in the Latino community, saying like education is our number one priority. We're, we're incredibly concerned about whether our kids are going to go to college, whether they're, they're going to succeed and have careers, whether parents, especially Spanish-speaking parents, are getting the support that they need, are taught how to support their kids in school. It's a huge issue, and it's not necessarily one that is addressed um, uh, by, the, by the state, um, you know, specifically. You know, certain school districts are aware of the problem, certain school districts are trying to address the problem, but there's a pretty significant gap for a particular demographic group, and there doesn't seem to be a concentrated effort to, you know, close that gap. Sure, and to just kind of jump in with some of the data that caught our eye, um, in you know K three IRI scores, you know twice as many white students are proficient as Latino students. Uh, that's been pretty consistent. Also, um, twice as many white students score proficient on math tests than Latino students. Only about twenty four percent of Latino students statewide score proficient 
in math on, on the 2018 ISAT test. So we're talking about a pretty significant gap when you look at state averages. Um, so one of the focuses of our project is, is to start with students and parents. We really want this project to be informed by the people who matter most to our reporting, which are the parents and students, and we're trying to get into communities, we're trying to have conversations with them. Um, and the point of this being a listening project is that we start from a place of listening to them. What are their concerns? What um, are their hopes and dreams? What do they think is working well and not working well? We really wanted to start with the community as opposed to you know, jumping in as reporters with ideas of what the problems are, right? Like, we want to know from them what the problems are. Yeah, for sure. And you guys have already gotten into the reporting a little bit. You guys both took a trip out to Haley in the last few weeks. What did you learn? What was the trip all about? Who did you meet? Um, just kind of give me a little insight in, into your road trip. Sure. Well, the, the Haley trip actually came about um, because the Blaine County School District reached out to us um, with a press release. They were hosting a conference for Latino parents to talk about education in the district uh, and basically ask a lot of the same questions we've been interested in, in terms of what's working for your students, what's not working, how can we provide better access uh, and better outcomes for your kids. So a couple months ago, I went up to that conference, spoke with some parents, spoke with some of the um, district administrators up there. And they are really focused on, on this question of how can we do a better job of providing equal opportunities to our Latino students and helping them um, achieve better outcomes. So we went up again this last week for a visit. Nicole, you want to talk about some of the places we, we went to? Yeah, we um, spent a lot of, we had a lot of class time. Uh, it was great. We basically went traced our whole, you know, K through 12 education in one day. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so we've spent some time in um, um, Altours Elementary up there. That's actually two. That's other than Wilder School District, which has the highest Latino population um, in the state. Altours Elementary is, I think they're something like 70% Latino students and they're a dual immersion school as well. So we got to sit in through, um, sit through some, you know, Spanish immersion classes in the elementary school level. We got to um, do the same with social studies um, and co-teaching. Um, this new program that that the that Blaine is um, implementing in uh, middle school. We got to meet with an incredibly um, involved um, group of high school students at Wood River um, High School called um, Nosotros United. That's really just focused on getting the Latino students and the white students together to you know just. Like it says, like be united and, and, and work together to, you know, more equitable outcomes in a positive community at their school. They're, they're really impressive kids. Like I was, first of all, I was not showing up at seven, eight o'clock in the morning if I didn't have to be on a Friday. And so they were really impressive. And, um, and just talking to a lot of teachers who are either on a, um, I can't remember the exact name for it. There's a Latino Advisory Council and also an equity task force that's just really trying to look at, um, you know, we have a very significant um, Latino population in, this, in our school district. How do we make sure that they're gonna succeed at the same rates as other students? Because we've noticed this problem, we've noticed this gap. We know that there are things that we can do that can support them, support the parents, you know, adjust our teaching styles that can make things a little bit more culturally accessible. And so we've got to talk to a lot of people and hear about what they're doing. And some of it is just kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And other of, others of it is really um, cautious 
um, reinterpretation of you know how they're teaching and are we just teaching this way because we've always taught this way or is there a better way that we can do this? Yeah, for sure. And uh, I want to talk about some of your upcoming trips, but if our listeners could grab a pen and a paper or get their phone out and get ready to make a note, in just a minute we'll share contact information if you want to be a part of the Latino Listening Project project and if you have stories you want to share or if you want to get in touch with the reporters in just a minute I'll ask them to share their contact information but what might be coming up next or what are some of the other trips you're interested in doing where might your reporting take you next in sort of a general sense sure we don't have anything concrete on the books yet but we have a number of areas that we are going to plan visits to so please if you have suggestions for schools or teachers we should talk to student groups we should meet with please let us know uh, we'd really like to go over to the Magic Valley at least a couple of times in this project. Um, we're working on getting more meetings set up in the Canyon County area. Mm-hmm. And we'd also like to go to the eastern side of the state. We're thinking the Pocatello area, but we are flexible for suggestions. So. Yeah, and, and the Blaine um, School District uh, visit came because um, school district officials you know, invited um, us and set up meetings. And, and a lot of the meetings that we also set up for ourselves when we were up there was just by reaching out and saying, and to a lot of people, especially in the Latino community, saying, who should we be talking to? Who's helping your kids? Um, you know, which of, which of your kids are really succeeding you think we should talk to? Which, um, which programs are being successful? Like that, that's, that's really, it's, it's really community driven. And so we want to know, is there somebody in your town, in your community, that is having a great, um, you know, great turnout for parent meetings? Is there someone who is really running a program that is getting high school kids excited about college and careers? We want to know all of it. We, we, and we really want to know too something, you know, we're not also not looking at this project, it was something we're trying to be clear, we're also not looking at this project as if, as if there's something um, wrong with the way teachers are doing things, because we think teachers have a really hard job, and they're, and, they're, and they're really trying their best to educate Idaho's kids. And so we want to know, too, are there teachers that you're really proud of in your schools that are making a concentrated effort to kind of close these gaps and to you know, lift up students who maybe need a little bit more resources or a little bit of a different style of teaching? We want to know all of them. <laughs> so yeah, one, one of the ways that you could reach out to us, the easiest way probably, is to email us. So you can reach me at nfoy, N-F- oy at idahostatesman.com. Uh, my email is sedge at idahoednews.org. That's S as in Sammy, edge, like the edge of a cliff, at idahoednews.org. Yeah, so that's how, if you guys want to get in touch with the reporters to talk about the Latino Listing Project, get in touch with them. As always, if you have complaints about the Extra Credit Podcast, those still go to me. Uh, but we wanted to make sure that, that um, because we know we have a lot of educators, a lot of administrators, a lot of parents and a lot of policymakers who listen to this podcast, and it's all about listening. But tell me about the idea for a listening project as opposed to sitting here in Boise and telling people how it's going to be or, or, or lobbying criticism, because that's not what this is about at all. Tell me about the idea specifically for a listening project. One of the key, you know, groups that we're trying to reach when we're talking about, you know, this listening project is we really want to talk to, there's a significant contingent of Spanish-speaking parents in Idaho who are very isolated from their kids' education, and a lot of the stereotype is that they're isolated by choice, and that's almost never the case, you know, if, if it is by choice, it's only because they've chosen to have three jobs to support their family and can't make it to parent meetings, you know, or it's a cultural thing, you know, I like, I can say, 
personally that, you know, it's especially Mexico, if you're talking about people from Mexico, which many Latinos in Idaho do tend to come from Mexico, you know, there's a lot of trust in the the teaching and the, the education establishment, a lot of trust in the teachers, and it's not necessarily this type of like customer service oriented education that you see in the United States. And so parents really trust that teachers are going to take their kids and do and teach them everything they need to know and don't necessarily know that it's very important to be involved you know as as much as maybe parents who have grown up here are aware of um, but we so Sammy and I both speak Spanish and so because of that we've already been able to have some really wonderful conversations including up in Haley um, with you know parents who have just been able to share these are my biggest concerns about my kids' education. This is what I care the most about. You know, we talked with some wonderful parents who said, you know, who are really concerned about, you know, their, you know, their daughters getting to be nurses and doctors because they don't, you know, want them to have to, they, to choose another job besides, you know, cleaning houses. That's what one woman told us, you know. Like, they, they have really strong um, desires for their kids to succeed and not a lot of people are talking to them. And so that's really what we want to make sure that we can incorporate those, um, we, we can incorporate those uh, voices into our story and let them drive what we're reporting on. And actually that's kind of a huge uh, part of this fellowship that Sammy and I just received from the Education Writers Association. Um, it's not only going to fund a lot of our um, proposed reporting trips around the state, but a significant amount of the money that we received is going to pay for the translation of all of our articles into Spanish, which is really, really important because if you know much about the state of Spanish news in Idaho, there's not much of it. There is, there's some really fabulous radio stations that people really are supportive of, but when it comes to the written Spanish that can be shared widely and can you know, be really informative, there's really not a lot of it. We're talking about news that's coming out of California is the closest local news that you've got. And every parent cares deeply about their child's education. Every parent wants their kid to succeed. And every parent could frankly use a little bit more information about how their kid's school works, how the school board elections work, you know, why, you know, why should I show up to parent meetings? And if that's not necessarily provided to you in a language that you're comfortable with, it's not gonna be something you're going to make a top priority. So that's what we really hope to do is provide um, resources and news um, for Spanish-speaking parents in Idaho um, that they can really use to better their families. And I think that that's a great point, and I'm glad that you guys mentioned your, your own Spanish-speaking skills, but you stressed to me just right before we turned on the microphone is that you really want to hear from Latino parents and students, and especially Spanish speakers, and you guys would welcome that. Uh, and we shared the contact information a couple of minutes ago. Uh, but that's what's going to make uh, this project, I think, be successful and stand out and be unique. That and the additional investment that our grant support is going to allow to translate this into Spanish so we can reach a wider audience, right? Absolutely. And I just want to jump in here, too, and say we really appreciate the EWA support and also the support from the American Press Institute. That um, fellowship that we won from the American Press Institute is not financial, but what it does is kind of teach us as newbies with community engagement, as new uh, reporters looking into listening projects, how to do that effectively. How do you get into a community? How do you make sure that you're asking the right questions? Uh, how do you provide channels for people to get back in touch with you and critique your coverage or suggest new things? 
and make sure that you're a real asset to the community that you're reporting on. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I want to talk a little bit about how this project might play out because we're not just talking about one big story dropping at the end of the year or a series. This is kind of going to be your focal point throughout the next year, isn't it? Tell me a little bit about the time investment and maybe how people can follow the series and get involved in those kinds of things. Certainly. Uh, we've already published the first story of the series. That was kind of about the importance of Latino students in Idaho's workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of business experts told us that we really need Latino students to succeed for the future of Idaho. They're going to be a critical part of our workforce. Um, we haven't mentioned this yet, but about 18% of Idaho's school students are Latino students, um, and, and their success is going to be critical to the, the state's economic future. Uh, We will keep rolling out stories over the fall and the winter. Um, You might see sort of a heavier flow of stories in the winter after we get some of this reporting and listening done this fall. Uh, And then by the end of the year next year, we're really hoping to have a community event of some sort. Um, Ideally, we'd really like to bring Latino parents um, and students face-to-face with some of the people who listen to our podcasts like Uh, legislators and state officials so that we can help foster this conversation in person. Yeah, because one of the the things that we really wanted to bring to this project as well is just this accountability aspect, is that education, of course, is on the front of everyone's minds often in the state, especially during the legislative session, because it is a frequent topic and you know whether we're talking about how to fund rural schools or you know we're talking about new initiatives that are that are being passed that's going to dramatically affect um, schools across the state and we really want to know especially when we're talking with Latino leaders who have been looking at this for a long time is why has it taken so long for the needle to move why have we been talking about this in the state this is what many leaders have told me for 40 years for 50 years what's it going to take to actually make a difference for these students because like Sam has said, um, these students are gonna be critical to the workforce and you just look at population numbers and especially if you look at areas like in the Magic Valley where um, they're gonna be a significant part of the population in those areas and in Canyon County, you can't just hope that they do all right when they graduate high school. We're really trying to invest in Idaho's workforce and in Idaho's future have to make sure all the students are prepared, and so we've got to see what could be done to do that and what's not being done. It's really what we want to look at as well. And just one more quick call out. One of the ways that we report on this is, is by hearing from people about what's working in Idaho. If you have an example of a local solution, you have data to prove that, that the needle is moving in your district, we want to hear about it. We want to come visit you and talk to people about how you're seeing that success. And absolutely, that's a great point. And also, it goes back again to uh, the fellowship support. You're gonna. This isn't something that's due in a week. This isn't something where we're just gonna visit with our local schools in the Treasure Valley area. Although that will be a part of the mix. But the fellowship and the support allows you to travel across Idaho to meet people where they're at in their communities to learn about their story and what's important uh, to them. So it's a long-term project. The scope will be wider than just in our particular region of the state and I think that's what's really cool about this project. Guys, um, what haven't I asked about? Are there things that you want to share with our listeners and your potential readers about where this is going, what your goals are, how folks can get involved? Are there things that I haven't asked about that you want to make sure and highlight or emphasize uh, before we kind of wind things down today? 
Well, I mean, I think something that is always really fun for me to mention because it was it was it was fun for me to really learn this stat is one of the things that we talked about in our first story, which I really encourage you to go read it because it's um, it kind of is a little bit of an overview of like when we're talking about Latino students in Idaho, here's what we're talking about. We're not talking about you know often when the the state when there's state language coming out about Latino students in Idaho, it tends to really focus on um, it tends to really focus on you know, migrant students, English language learners. And when you look at the data, that's not really the, the whole population. It, I can't, I don't have this data point right off the top of my head, Sammy, but remind me, we're talking about like 70% of students are not English language learners or migrant students, does that sound right? That sounds about right. Yeah, so that's that, that data is in our first article, but also too when we're talking about um, Latino students in Idaho, 96% are citizens. So a lot of times there's a lot of really uh, just the stereotypes and you know honestly comments on stories when you write about this is this assumption that these are you know kids who just just came you know to the United States a couple of years ago and of course there are there are a few like a few like that there are um, you know people who are um, migrant students there are people who are still learning um, English but 96 percent are. Are citizens. They were born here. If they were not born in Idaho, they were born in the United States. So we're we're talking about a different population, and I think then I think people are aware of exists in Idaho, and it's really important that we have the facts before we launch into something like this, and before we make policy, and before we, um, you know, talk about things that can be done to help Latino students. Because if you don't know what you're talking about how are you going to make any effective change? So I guess really just a pitch for that first story uh, because it's, I, I think it's, it's got some interesting information in there that people would like to know about. <laughs> I think you covered it, Nicole. I think you covered the basis. Thanks, Clark. Yeah, I want to thank you guys uh, both for joining us. I think the partnership is so cool, but thanks to Nicole Foy of the Idaho Statesman. Thanks, Sammy Edge of Idaho Education News. The thing that I like about this project is I don't think it's ever been done in Idaho. I think the scope of it, thanks to the partnership between the two news sources, uh, between API and EWA, the scope of it is unprecedented. The level of resources that we're able to put behind this is unprecedented. I just don't, don't think this kind of reporting has been done. And so I'm super excited to follow the project and to learn from you what you learn as you visit these communities, as you talk to educators, as you talk to Latino parents and students and Spanish speakers, I think we're really fortunate in the state of Idaho because I don't think this has been done. And I think I'm super excited that you two in particular are involved in it. So I'd encourage everybody to follow along um, with the project. We'll be rolling out um, more aspects of the project this fall and this winter. Uh, you can follow Sammy and Nicole's work all throughout the year on everything they do. Uh, but thank you guys so much for joining us on the Extra Credit Podcast. I always have a lot of fun breaking down this complicated intersection of education policy and education politics, and this fits right in there. Just a quick programming note. We're going to be off next week for Thanksgiving. Kevin and I will be back early in December with another edition of the Extra Credit Podcast. And we're going to be closer and closer to the 2020 legislative session. And just a little bit of a spoiler alert for you guys, it's going to be wild. There is so much on tap with this legislative session, so much the state's going to be looking at for education and a number of issues. Kevin and I will be at the State House every single day. We're going to have support from Sammy. The Latino Listening Project will be rolling out this fall and winter. 
It's a great time to be watching Idaho Education News and the Idaho Statesman for these important stories that are gonna shape our state uh, for years to come. So thanks again, Nicole and Sammy. I hope everyone listening has a happy Thanksgiving and we'll be back in a couple of weeks to take you through the end of the year and get ready for that all important 2020 legislative session. Thanks so much. Thanks, Mark. Thank you.